Youth Passageways, this is Practicing Community, a podcast about who and how we are together. I'm Dane Zahorski. And I'm Marissa Taborga Byrne. Welcome everyone to our Practicing Community, the spirit of wellness. We'd like to start, as we always do, with an opening, centering ourselves into our bodies into our hearts and minds. I have some words from Black Elk and Ogallala Sioux. The first piece, which is the most important, is that which comes within the souls of people when they realize their relationship, their oneness with the universe and all its powers. And when they realize that at the center of the universe dwells Wonka Tonka, and that this center is really everywhere, It is within each of us. This is the real peace, and the others are but reflections of this. The second piece is that which is made between two individuals, and the third is that which is made between two nations. But above all, you should understand that there can never be peace between nations until there is known that true peace, which, as I have often said, is within the souls of men. Thanks, Marissa, and welcome everyone as well. We're joined today by Becky and Dallas Chief Eagle, co-founders of the All Nations Gathering Center on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Both do work that's pretty hard to contain to a short intro. I guess a few things that I might mention are Dallas's work as an artist in residence in schools across the nation since the early 80s. He uses hoop dance and other techniques to teach the lessons of Lakota Way, Uh, or Becky's work as the compliance officer of the Ogallala Sioux Lakota Housing, where she helps manage 1,500 low-rent rental units across the nine districts of the reservation. Uh, Over more than 10 years, they, along with a growing team of folks, have impacted and transformed many people's lives, including my own. The center blends modern practices with the beautiful traditions of the Lakota Way in the lush and vibrant Yellow Bear Canyon, just south of the Badlands in South Dakota. From getting out of unhealthy relationships, stopping suicidal intentions, to healing bodies and minds, their practices have been powerful catalysts for many men and women of all nations to heal and live healthier lives. The center welcomes all beliefs and all peoples from all nations with the sole intention to share, learn, and teach skills to alleviate the burdens of pain all families carry. Becky and Dallas, I cannot express in words what an honor it is to have you both here. Welcome. Thank you. This month, we're focusing on the idea of whole person wellness, an emerging way of looking at health that includes place and language, culture, and spirit as integral parts and ideas of wellness and development. So as we're starting, Becky and Dallas, the All Nations model that I'm quoting from your materials are bringing together mind, heart, body, and spirit. And that seems to embrace this idea of the four medicines. And I'm just wondering if you could kind of explain that in a way as if I or or anyone else had never heard of it before. I'd just like to acknowledge uh, words of wisdom that came from Black Elk. We changed uh, Harney Peak to Black Elk Peak here in South Dakota, which is really an honor. And also, we heard that uh, Catholics want to make Black Elk a saint. So that's in the mix now. And he's talking about the soul or the spirit. And uh, not only do we have our English names, but we have our Lakota names and we have our spirit names. So that's the primary uh, part of who we are. 
is uh, the spirit, and we want everything to be spirit-led. Our language, our songs, our dances, our prayers, our interactions with one another. And in order to do so, then we have to recognize that we have the power and ability to understand and manage those four medicines, the mind, body, heart, and spirit. And it's not an unconscious ability. It's a conscious ability once we know how to manage the brain, once we know how to manage the heart, emotions, and take care of our body and take care of our spirit. But the primary driver is the spirit among our people. And that's how we make decisions, is we want decisions spirit-led. And we're trying to get back to that now. So the mind and the emotions and the physical issues have to stand down. We have to teach them how to stand down to allow the spirit to be the primary mover. And Black Elk, uh, through his wisdom, sends that message out to us. We can further define it on how to use those tools, the mind, body, heart, and spirit. Those are tools we were each given. And if we know how to manage those, I think we can overcome a lot of the pain and suffering and the confusion, the hate, the drugs and alcohol, and those factors that divide us inside and around us. And when the Spirit is leading us, and we know it, we can make a better choice about how we're going to carry ourselves in our relationships. That's what All Nations is all about. We're trying to restore those teachings. Thanks, Dallas. Uh, Becky, is there anything you'd like to add before we continue? Just to highlight, the dream came 20 years ago. Dallas has been doing his cultural and spiritual rides and work for many years. And I've been doing a lot of things with our Ishnati, with our young girls. And then we blended them together, all of our teachings and culture and Ishnati into the work. Everything was a calling to the spirit. They say when you're ready, the teachers will come and it just produces a beautiful atmosphere for you. So everything came together and we got here. And then now we all joined forces with our indigenous men's and women's Oyate and our Stone Boy Women's Society. And we all came together and this is where we are now. All nations, it came through ceremony. We went through all kinds of different names. Finally, it was two years ago in ceremony in December, they said that it was All Nations Gathering Center. And with all the sacred medicines that are down in this canyon that are here, and then the buffalo pasture is just right next door. So it's just been spirit-led, and we did the ceremony blessing the land and getting confirmation. It's been said even in ceremony with Lexi Johnny is we're going to be creating a beautiful, safe, healthy environment here. It's going to be a footprint, and it's going to be for the future generations because we're going to leave it in a foundation that's going to carry on after we're gone. Everyone's contributing with love and generosity and support. And then we also network with the Mankind Project. 
brother, Frederick Marks, he came out four years ago with the Buffalo Alliance. The Buffalo showed up and he gave his life for us. And it was something that was totally amazing because he came out to do the documentary and ally making. And after we went and had the ceremony with Lexi Johnny, the buffalo gave his life for us. Everyone participated in the butchering of the buffalo and learned about the buffalo and the importance. And it was the first time that we signed an alliance with Mankind Project USA. It was over 150 years since we or any grassroots really did any alliances here on Pine Ridge. So we took the step through ceremony and with prayer and networked with one another to help bring trainings, workshops, empowerment, and love to our people. So when we signed the Tatanka Alliance, they let our relatives all know that it would not cost any money if they wanted to go to any wellness training to help empower them. And it would all be through a scholarship that they would take care of, the brothers and sisters. Brother uh, Frederick Marks connected me with the Youth Passageways and with Kruti and Darcy and Dane. And you all ended up being my brothers and my sisters. And here we are today. It's all a miracle how it all came about and networking with one another and sharing our lives and our gifts and our blessings because all of us have a medicine to share with the world. Thank you so much, Becky and Dallas. Thank you so much for that. You are on the Pine Ridge Reservation, one of the places with really high suicide rates, really high drug and alcohol abuse and addiction and a lot of trauma uh, to work out. And I wonder, how would you describe health or how would you describe a person living in that way? People know us individually and as partners also know of us with the All Nations Gathering Center. When we're out there working with people and then we're also with the other Ogallala Sioux Tribe organizations, we network with the courts, with the child protection services. We also network with housing and we also network with the Ogallala Sioux Tribe Department of Public Safety. They know where we live here. I'm on call with dispatch. 24-7, so when my phone rings, I jump in my work vehicle and go there. If they come to us and we see the situation, they do referrals. We invite them. So what are the first steps towards restoring that balance for those folks that are brought to you? When they come, what we do is take them into a NIPI. We take them into ceremony and we get them wiped down. We talk with them first so they understand. Dallas will do the rock lesson with them. We'll find out what's going on in the home. And if there's any clearings that need to go on, we teach them how to do clearings with one another to create balance in there. Most people work individually in organizations or with treatment centers and all of that. And we disagree with that because I used to be a drug and alcohol counselor prior to this job. 
So we bring the whole family in, just not that individual that are that head of household. We bring everybody in and then we'll take them in through an EP. And then when they're ready, after we take them into an EP, that usually breaks them down because they cry and they let it all out that they've been caring for so long and they don't know what it is until they get in there. A lot of our loved ones don't know how to communicate with one another without getting upset or angry or violent because they weren't taught any better. So as we work with them, I tell them we're not trying to be boarding school. So the teaching and training is taken out of our vocabulary. And we specify that we're sharing. I'm going to share this medicine with you because your spirit is reaching out to my spirit to open up my ears so that I could hear you because I hear you're hurt. No one's listening to you at home. Nobody's understanding where you're coming from. So I'm here. You don't need to yell. You need to talk to me in a good way so I can understand you. And then I bring them down so that they know that they have someone there that does truly care and will listen to them. And then we try to find a solution. And then we tell them about ceremony with Lexi Johnny. There's a process for that because it takes time and preparation and then the food. And then we go back to their house. This is me. I go with my team at work. We go into their home after ceremony and everything. We get them motivated. And then if they need help, that's why we get donations in to help them fix up their home. And then we get it all ready for Johnny to come and have ceremony at their house so it can get blessed and start them in a good way. Then we have them set up for the positive Indian parenting classes. And then they can go see the mental health. We try to tackle it all four directions. We tell them if you're low on something mentally, you're not eating something properly in your diet and what you're taking into your body and then how you discipline your mind, body and spirit, you can take care of those issues. We also teach them about that too, to get away from their addictions because a lot of them come in with addictions and we tell them, you know, their elders tell them how you can wean yourself off and do this and that. And we have them working with elders one-on-one because when they leave, we give them the water. And if they have a Lakota name, we have them say their Lakota name four times or their English name four times. And then we give them water and then we smudge them down. And they feel so much better afterwards because they feel like they were understood. They found a safe place where they could come and talk and it just goes from there. That's where you start planting a seed. There's other agencies and other people we refer them to if they need more care. But that's how when they come here, we get them going. Dallas, would you add anything to that? Around here, you see wounded people also in the city too. You wonder how is their spirit talking right now? Or are they too busy or they're in their mind right now? Well, then it's just like listening to those four medicines in another human being and to give your attentive spirit and compassion and not becoming part of the wound or the problem, but actually realizing that maybe you met a grandma that never really knew her spirit, but she's living in her head, living from one drama to the next, and then try to make a connection and not being part of the trauma or the grief, but allowing your spirit to comfort people, comfort the area you're in, and allow the spirit to come up with its own protocols, which we can't come up with in our own minds, but the spirit seems to 
give the mind enlightenment and is able to control the emotions, the pain and the anguish that's going on around you, making yourself available to others so that they can experience someone who's coming into their space. That's how it works for me. And I'm able to see things or go places that are important to our relationships. So I've heard a lot of things that are amazing. I think one is in asking for you to define all nations as the way that you engage with health. It seems like in the four medicines, it's really about focusing on the first three and saying, where's your mind at? Where's your body at? Where are your emotions at? And helping young people to be able to, I don't necessarily love the idea of control as much as be in balance with those so they can make room for spirit. Maybe that's remembering spirit. Maybe that's engaging with spirit for the first time, whatever that might look like. But what's coming through or what I'm hearing from you, and this is just my very fallible opinion that might be wrong, is that you're helping people to live a spirit-led health, to incorporate or to foster spirit-led health, which is just a beautiful notion. And so I would just love to hear you talk a little bit about like what, what does a spirit-led healthy life look like in practice? I mean, because obviously we're not back in the time of the grandfathers and the grandmothers in the time that we are now in which you're dealing with the suicides and the violence and all of the things that are weighing folks down. And so I often look at all nations as this oasis in the middle of an epidemic and you are providing a connection to these teachings and to these, these ideas. Like what does that look like in practice for these young people uh, that you're working with? We look at all of those spirits that are around us and we see the rock as being the oldest spirit, been around for thousands of years and knows how to sit there and not move and not make noise. So we learn from the grandfathers and the grandmas, those rocks, they're the elders of all these spirits that are around us. They're older than the eagle or the man or the horse or the tree. And then you see them in the skies stars. So we place a rock out there and we sit around the rock, the grandpa rock, and we learn, we ask the children, what's the rock teaching us? And they tell us, they're sitting still, they're not moving, they're not making noises. Correct. That's good. Let's learn how to do that. And let's not make that noise inside of our heads either, or our mouth. Let's sit still. Let's make our bodies sit still. Our emotions, let's put them aside. Every time you think something, let's turn it off. Let's turn all those stations off in the head. If you're like me, you've got a few stations inside your head that you've learned growing up, and we need to turn them off. Some of them aren't good. You've got to learn how to turn those channels all the way off. So we turn our heads off. Children love that in the schools. They say, really? Turn our brains off? Yeah. Let's not make them move. We don't want the brains to move. We're going to respect the spirit right now. In order to do that, we're going to shut down the brain. Same way with the feelings, jealousy, our loneliness, our sadness, our hate, our fear. Let's turn those feelings off. Turn those stations off. Don't let them arise. Dismiss them. 
just like you do your brain. Same way with your body. If you want to itch, don't itch it. Don't move your fingers. Don't move your eyes. Keep your eyes and your, your breathing on the rock in front of us. Gonna learn how to do that for one minute. Are you up to the challenge? So we try to turn our bodies off too. You know, our bodies go through changes. Imagine oh, a teenager. I'm not a teenager anymore, but if I knew how to turn off some of my uh, testosterone feelings and allow the spirit to be the leader of my relationships with the females out there, well, I wish I would have knew how to do that when I was younger. Maybe I wouldn't have hurt so many girls. Maybe I would have treated them better. I used to break girls' hearts, and that wasn't my spirit breaking their hearts. That's for sure. When we teach young people how to do that, the girls too, I can only speak for myself as a man, but you know, we need to be able to manage and control those bodies. And we need to put another voice in our words. It comes from the spirit to those young ladies out there, or our relatives. Pain and suffering carried in our brain, we carried in our hearts. We need to let go of all that stuff just for a little while so the spirit can lead us in that process of eliminating those thoughts and those feelings and those actions that are not good for us. They didn't teach this in school. They didn't teach this in boarding school. They didn't teach this in our homes. You know, they say that we were conquered and divided. Well, we were divided inside. Yeah. Our mind, body, heart, and spirit was not united like our relatives a long time ago. So we're trying to restore all that. But you'd be surprised on the successes that we're having right now because it's not somebody else telling you how to think and how to feel and how to talk and how to use your bodies or use those medicines. You get to learn them on your own. Just need a little guidance on how to shut three of them down so the spirit can lead the other three. And then how we take care of our own spirit will determine our relationship with all the other spirits around us. And we'll start treating each other that way. We won't be bullying or killing ourselves or, you know, that's not the spirit doing that or bullying other people or trying to be greedy. That's not the spirit doing that. So I, I kind of think that we need a lot more teachings like this because there's a lot of confusion going on out there that's mixing up the, the new generations. They just don't quite know how to navigate themselves and unite their own spirits with one another and create a passageway that we all can enjoy and appreciate a way of life that worked for us back in the day before conquest. But we have those remnants with us today, inviting that spirit to be the primary mover and creating that space. Some will say, yeah, I had some success there. I feel calm. I'm not worried. I'm not angry anymore. I'm having a good day right now. I feel peaceful. Well, you can have that anytime in any crisis or trauma, any challenge in your life. Take a minute out and just put yourself in spirit. That's the ceremony. And then you start realizing that we have other ceremonies that will also give us some more benefits. So we do some exercises like that. Then maybe we go down to the lodge and we say, there's some things going on in the head, the emotions, the body, some diseases, some uh, overwhelming feelings and thoughts. Let's get rid of them when we go into the lodge. Let's purify. We're supposed to do that. Take away those things that are distracting us and sit like our grandfathers in the lodge or in the different ceremonies. What we want to teach is how to use that spirit to navigate our, our lives or create a way of life 
where that spirit can be communicated and that spirit will take care of our health. It will be like a doctor that lives inside of us. I mean, well, first of all, I'm going to just say, whew, I can feel the fire. I want to move. Um, but let me, uh, let me not get carried away. In all seriousness, I just honor you so much for saying I can only speak as a man. And it's just so perfect to me always that you are partners in, in all things. And so given that lens of partnership, I wonder, Becky, what you might add from your perspective. Yes. Um, you know, I already made, how you say, life learning lessons that I don't want to repeat again. <laughs> so the grandmothers and the grandfathers come and visit us in our dream time. And then we get it interpreted through ceremony. They told us we need to teach our children and our grandchildren and the future generations how to take care of themselves because something happened within the last 20 years that this new generation don't know how to take care of themselves. In 2003, there was so many SIDS deaths. These young girls were either raped or molested or in getting pregnant and having these babies. But these babies were dying on them right after they were being born, not even a couple weeks or a month or so. So we had an epidemic here during 2003 and this stone boy came and the stone boy is his name. He's a spirit. He's a grandfather. He came through ceremony and told Carol and us, to work with all these young girls. He told us, you women are going to get this Ishnati going and you're going to teach them the protocols so they know their responsibilities as being a young girl, how to conduct themselves all the way up to their elderhood. And then you're going to share and teach them how to be sustainable. So they know how to take care of their family. Every time there was a young girl that was pregnant, we worked with that young girl all the way through her pregnancy so that she would not be drinking or doing drugs. And we had quite a few success through that. But some of the other ones, they were retaliating. Those are the ones that we had to cut away from because the energy was toxic. And then those girls came back, ended up coming to our positive Indian parenting classes now because they're court ordered. <laughs> and now they apologize so many years later and they're praying. It's like they made a big circle, but we told them now, don't beat yourself up over it. Those are lessons you have to learn. But what we were trying to teach you about the Lakota way of life and their ceremony, because that's where they're falling away from is their prayer. You could have saved yourself many years, but next time when an elder comes in and tries to share something with you, don't be negative and shut your brain off and your heart off from them. Just listen with an open ear and an open heart and then go home and think about it and pray about it. So I wonder for somebody who is unfamiliar with this work, how does that ceremony open up this idea of well-being for the youth? How does a youth discover that in ceremony? Through our rites of passages, that's what you call it. But through us, it's our Ishnatis and it's our teachings, cultural and spiritual way of teaching our children because we get back in touch with Mother Nature. We have protocols, how to conduct ourselves, what we can do, what we can't do from the time that we're an infant to the time that we're adults. And even going into adulthood where we're elderhood, there's still certain ceremonies that we do and they drifted away, but we're bringing them back. The Sundance and the Anipi, everything teaches self-discipline that we have to learn and listen and have respect. There's a story about everything. And that's one good thing about our way of life. We're 
reconnecting their spirit. And we're giving them the tools that they can work with that will bring balance to them. It's just like when we all go to a gathering with loved ones and we all fill up our heart with all this new knowledge and spirit, we come back and we're rejuvenated. But that's what I've seen here so far. Thank you so much for that. There's many different ways of seeing or understanding spirit. And I just like to see if what I heard you say is in alignment with how you see spirit. And what I've heard you say, spirit is part of our essence. It is part of our place in this greater creation. And it informs, if we invite it to, the way that we move our bodies, the way that we feel, and the way that we think. Am I getting that idea of spirit right? Yes, you are. And you go a little farther too, because with spirit in your ceremonial way of life, you realize that all the ancestors are around you all the time. You just, you're not alone. You're never alone. And if you had um, 13 ghost glasses, you'll put those on and you can see all our relatives all around us. Yeah, they will let you know by when you have a smell of someone that you know passed on, you know their smell. You see the spirits and you feel the spirits and you hear the spirits, so you know. Thanks, Becky. This concept is phenomenal, and I don't know why I haven't thought about it quite in this way before. And I want to ask one clarifying question. Is We often talk in these passageways about the necessity of intergenerational relationships, and what I'm hearing is not only are you creating intergenerational relationships, but you're taking that way farther and almost creating interdimensional relationships. And that there's not just the father, the grandfather, the mother, the grandmother, but all the way back. And that when I think of spirit-led health or spirit-led life, what I'm hearing is that it's not only just to be in community, but it's to be in every iteration of your community that has ever existed because the ancestors are really coming through to guide where you're going and what you're doing and to be of service. And I just wonder, is there a way that you would say that that's different? That's exactly what it is. That's why I always say we can't explain it. You have to experience it. And that's where miracles happen. That's where people have life-changing moments. A lot of people come that are sick and they come back and their, <laughs> their inner spirit is glowing. And they're reconnected and they're rebirthed and they come back once or twice a year to give back, but also to rejuvenate their spirit. And they come and share everything with us. We end up forming relationships where we're brothers and sisters and we're a part of their life every day. Everybody that walks through our doors, basically. So it's something we had as children and through different structures in place that was taken away from us. And I, the final question we have for you today, and thank you again so much for your time, Dallas and Becky, what do you do daily to invoke that spirit, invoke that balance again? And how do you incorporate that in your self-care? Well, Becky and I will get up in the morning and whoever gets up first will go burn some sage or some some medicine, some cedar and put it in a can. I'll take that over to her bed or she'll bring it over to my bed and make a cup of coffee, water, and then we'll have a like a little prayer. We'll start our day that way and then 
and then myself, I like to go into silence. Some people might call it a meditation, but I don't call it meditation. It's just my problems and the different issues my body has, and I put them aside so my spirit can be the leader, and then I'll continue that throughout the day. Becky will do that to me. It feels good when I when she gets up and she does that to me and she brings over to the sage. It gives me some uh, awareness that uh, I have someone very beautiful in my life that cares about me. And then I do that. And when I go to work, I get my abalone shell and I get sage or cedar or copal and lavender. And then I burn it every day at work. I start in Iazilia every office and every individual, they wait for me to do that to them. There's some that don't do that. Some are Christian and they don't like it, but they won't say nothing out of respect. And I have my office all set up. So I have my crystals and my Himalayan salt lamps, besides the sage and the cedar and the sweet grass. And then I play my flute music or ceremonial music on low or some energy, good meditation music. And then after I get off work, once I pull out of the driveway, I smudge the car again and say my prayers and thank everybody. And I'm headed home. I make a big circle. I go to Martin and Alan. Say my prayers when I drive by Wounded Knee to all the ancestors there through Porcupine and go all the way through to Kyle and come back home. So when I come home, then I auxilia myself, get my cup of coffee, relax, have a little downtime. And then it, like Dallas said, it's not meditation, but I sit in silence for a little bit. Then we debrief one another about our day. We do reflections. I call them reflections. And then we share with one another what needs to be done this week or this next week. And we move forward. Those are my circles, what I do daily. And then weekly, we're in the sweat lodge in the Inipi and wiping ourselves down and then having ceremony. Or we go over to Lekshi Johnny's and we have ceremony where it's doctoring. And I have to pay attention to my body because when my body needs medicine, then I go see Lekshi Johnny or he comes over here and I get my medicine. So I'm taken care of. That's why I'm still here. Mm, absolutely. I think I really just have one wrap up question about what we've heard this evening. And one of the things that's important to acknowledge is the health that you're all modeling is, is an ageless one. It's one that was forgotten, that was violently stolen and destroyed from many indigenous people on this planet. And that you're really dedicated to bringing back a spirit-led life. I think a way to make that really accessible is just to ask you to continue to connect that to your own stories. And if there's anything that you might add, whether that's the All Nations Center and the cultural renewal work that you're doing, or the stories that are connected to your ancestors, or looking forward into future generations, or other things, I would just have you expand on that if you'd like to. Uh, we're working on a, a contract with the Rosebud Sioux tribe, not the tribe itself, but school district out in Rosebud. So we're putting together a contract for next year. And they're saying we need the voice of our own people to lead the charge in those teachings. They're non-existent over there in the school district. We have 13 schools in that district, and we want to walk in balance. Know how to navigate ourselves 
and know how to get rid of the hate, the prejudice, the loneliness, the sadness. We want to know what to do with those issues. We want to know what to do with those issues of teenagers. When their bodies change, what do they do about that? Well, we're going to have to learn how to use the spirit to lead the rites of passage, to get our culture uh, out there to share with people. I believe we still have our most important contributions to make. And I believe people are, are, are much more ready to listen to our voice in this day and age. So, Well, my life isn't my life. I should have been dead 11 years ago now. We were just reflecting on that with the cancer on my brain and on my spine. I had to learn how to walk all over again. And through ceremony, I've been here. I have not been in control. I try to say I'm in control, but I'm not in control. Spirit, my spirit is being led. That's where I get that energy to keep going, 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 going. And then I'm just grateful because I know where I was before. And I'm an advocate for people that go through cancer or health elements because I've probably experienced it. I take them under my wing. I'll share my gifts and my love with them. And then I will bring them to ceremony too. Reconnecting the spirit and bringing them back home so that they know that there's other alternatives to their health care, also for their mental health and their emotional health and their spiritual health. I told them we're planting seeds of love so our future generations know we love them. Go back, whatever you learn here, go back home to your community and your home. Plant something, get something going because you're going to need it for your children and future generations. Hundreds of people that's traveled here across the United States and overseas have planted seeds and got their own nonprofits going. That's why I say the last 11 years haven't been my life. I'm spirit led. I just want to say thank you so much, Becky and Dallas, for sharing your stories and all of the work that you've done with thousands of people. And you are such models of a well-being, of spirit-led life, and are always blessing and always available and always gifting others with your time, with your love, with your prayers. And just thank you. I feel well, I've learned so much from this conversation. So thank you. And that's one thing that I've been gifted with and is sharing that unconditional love since I was born. I also realize with all my life lessons with my health that life is too precious. Life is too short. We have to take care of ourselves. But at the same time, when individuals, when I come into um, groups of loved ones that are thinking outside of the box instead of sitting in the circle, and finding solutions because there's more things going on in this world than petty stuff, then I come in right away and I say, hey, 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 let's find a solution. Let's not be twiddling our thumbs over here and giving all this energy over to this. Let's stay focused because we're here for a reason. We're here for a purpose. We don't need to be putting our distraction over there. Let's work as a group. Let's work as a team because we're all brought into each other's lives for a reason and a purpose. And I always try to bring everybody back on track. So you can call me the mediator, I guess, the compliance officer. <laughs> well, we embrace it and we can use it and we are thankful for it. And with that, um, every episode, we try to close with a quote. 
and just with an abundant sense of humility and gratitude for your time. I can't express it in words. There's a lot of ways that you can use time and you two are running around all the time everywhere. And it is such an honor to have you use some of that time with us. And so I have us close on this idea that you've been so beautifully articulate of tonight, of the way that we think about the connection of illness to life. It's by Deepak Chopra. He says, there are many, many ideas, even philosophies about healing. Beyond the purely mechanical repair of the physical body, there is a great deal of speculation on the cause and the nature of illness and the reparation of illness. Remedies vary depending on how far you want to go because any dysfunction, mental or physical, is part of your total life. It cannot be isolated. It cannot be separated out. If you wish to address a chronic problem, you must address your entire life. And thank you for the work that you do helping people focus on their entire lives, myself included. Enjoy the rest of your evening. I'm sure there's more coffee and sage to come. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for the questions and the ears and the recording. Thank you. So much love to you both. Thank you for joining us on this month's episode of Practicing Community. You can locate further information on our website at www.youthpassageways.org. There you will find programs and Youth Passageways partners who are doing this kind of work globally, as well as blogs and a resource list. You can now find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. We'd love to know what you think, so please feel free to leave us a review or to reach out.